Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to this, the 100th episode of the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA, and you can find the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen. And if you want an anniversary gift for us on this 100th episode, give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate that. And you should brush up on the criteria at abcboxing.com since we talk about judging. That we do. We've been doing that for, yeah, a long time now, right? Yep. 100 episodes worth. Boy, we made it. (laughs) Dan, we don't have enough time to go down memory lane right now. Hopefully at the end of the show, we'll have time for that because we had way too much happen on Saturday. 15 bout lineup at UFC. We had a bunch of decisions. We had a bunch of very interesting rounds to talk about, but we definitely have to talk about the championship fights off the bat because, you know, there was some interesting rounds there, but just in general, these were, this was a big weekend for the UFC. Huge weekend. And, you know, you got to expect a lot of stuff to happen when you put 15 fights on one card. I can't believe they got through it. I I was expecting like we've, we've seen before. We had a bunch of cards where they put 15 or 14 up there and it's like, yeah, we're down to nine. It's, it's, uh, you know, we just lost three fights about, 20 minutes before they start. <laughs> I think Lewis Blades was supposed to be 15 fights and it ended up with nine. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's let's dive into it. No no BSing, Dan. Stop wasting time. This is, this is all on you. No fluff. <laughs> no fluff. Let's let's dive in. Jan Blahovich gets it done by decision over Israel Asanya. Once again, scores the upset because no one ever believes in the guy, except I picked him. You did pick him. You, you said he would finish, though, but... I did. I did. I'm not. I don't profess myself to know exactly how it's going to end. But you know what? You tell me who I think is going to win, and I also won't know that either. But I got it here. <laughs> you got this one right. Yeah, <laughs> I got this one. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about this. I mean, this was this was a fight that for at least the first three rounds I thought was very close, and all three rounds I thought could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, all week people, you know, were saying Bahovich needs to go to the ground to win this fight, and kind of showed why because rounds one through three were really were close they were but also at the same time after three rounds he is winning he was that's true it's it was very close though and and you know i think let's just kind of go round by round i don't think we have to dwell too much on uh the unanimous rounds but i think it's worth talking about every round at least in in brief so let's start with round one uh just get it out of the way here all three judges Derek cleary saldomato and junichiro camijo they saw this for Blahovich. When I watched it, Dan, I actually thought that Adesanya took it, but I had very I had a very tough time scoring this round. I, I just didn't think anyone did enough to really truly take it, you know? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a really close round. They were kind of a feeling out process. Really close. I you I, I, I could see it going either way. I which, think which way did you see it at the time? I had it for Adesanya. You did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost wonder if obviously everyone ended up on the same side here, but I wonder how many of them were very close to going the other way. It's, you know, they obviously know better than I do and I have not trained striking even like you. So I, I will admit that I, you know, probably the subtleties and things like that. Maybe I'm missing them. I don't know. I mean, I, I saw some crazy reasons for why people went for Adesanya. People were saying because his feints were effective. I mean, a feint isn't an effective offensive strike. No, that's so, not effective like, offense. I, but I did see people giving that reasoning, and I was like, oh, these people really know what they're watching. But the only reason, uh, the only reason I gave was I, I thought that the the leg kicks were probably an effective weapon for Adesanya. They, I mean, it looked like it was turning uh, Blahovich's leg red a little bit. I'm not saying it was 
really inhibiting his ability there. I think, you know, throughout the fight, we saw that he was okay-ish. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it looked like they were landing pretty yeah, hard. That was kind of like the only strike that was really sticking out in that yeah, round. Yeah, so that that was anyway. where I went with Adesanya. Is that you too? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah, but obviously the judges saw it differently, um, and, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. I'm yeah. not going to second Way guess too close three of, a round, yeah. of the most qualified judges in the world Absolutely. sitting cage side over who won that round uh, when I could barely figure it out myself. But like, round two, this is where we get some disagreement with the judges here. So Blahovich gets the round on two out of three cards, Cleary and D'Amato. Adesanya gets the round from Camillo, all 10-9, of course. Uh, I saw this one for Blahovich as well. Did you? So did I, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think majority of us probably watching this round at home, I think, thought this was a Blahovich round too. But again, a really close round. Another close round. I think Blahovich landed really good to the head and the body. Uh, and Adesanya's most effective strikes again were the inside leg kicks. I just think they, I didn't think they were effective enough to give him the round. I thought Jan landed yeah. really well, especially with body kicks. Yeah, the the immediate impact that I think you were getting from Blahovich in this round was was what really turned the tide for him. Uh, to, well, not turn the tide, but it made it easier for me to see it that way for him. Mm-hmm. That makes you. sense. Yeah, for sure. Again, any of these, I would say any of these three rounds, I'm not going to put up a big stink over who won one way or the other. Maybe the third round, I actually had a little bit more of a definitive idea yeah, of what happened. I have a, a little stronger opinion on the third round, but still, it, it's very close. Yeah, so. yeah. But again, you know, so you know, to see round two go out of Sonya's way from Kamija, fine. I have no problem with it at all. Um, round three, again, the same judges are split, but it's the opposite way. Camillo has this one for Blahovich, and Cleary and D'Amato have it for Adesanya, which I did as well. Uh, I had it for Adesanya. Yeah. So I- yeah, so I, we're, we're pretty much all in agreement here. Again, this one, I really did think that Adesanya actually had his best round of the whole fight here. Oh, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Early in the round, it seemed like Jan was just going to, this is where he turns it on and now just takes over the fight. And then he gets rocked by Adesanya. And it just completely shuts him down for like, seemed like for three minutes. Probably wasn't as long as that. I don't think that. he was terribly but hurt, actually. I, I disagree. I don't think he. I don't think he was hurt. I, he shut his offense down. He said, "Whoa, okay, this guy does hit pretty hard," and said, yeah, "I got to be a little bit more that. careful." I, that's a, that's how I I read it. Uh, did you get to watch it again today? By yeah, the way, yeah. That okay, yeah, I did too. I, I made sure to. I made a point to watch it today because last night when I when I'm watching the fight, I'm also watching it and trying to write about it for work. So, you know, I had to had to churn out a very quick <laughs> New York Post story right after. So as much as I'm watching this very intently, I'm also probably ever so slightly distracted, or maybe even more than ever so slightly distracted by the fact that I also need to write down what happened and interpret what happened and tell people the story after. So, yeah, it was tougher for me. Yeah, Jan was very aggressive early in, in this round until he gets hit mm-hmm. and, and then the aggressiveness wore off. Okay, yeah, so, I didn't necessarily pick up on that. I just thought, in general, Adesanya is landing more crisp. Because uh, you didn't see... He didn't take any chances in this whole fight. Let's just get that out of the way. Adesanya took no chances. Well, no, he did not. He he was very cautious, I think, in his approach. I don't know if it was respect for the power, or it's just the way he tends to fight, which he does tend well, to fight this way. It's like, if you don't give him anything, he's not going to try to make it happen too often. Well, you know what? In this round, I, I kind of picked up, uh, or I felt this way was... Okay, Jan's really attacking me now. It's either fight or flight. And I thought he he showed some good uh, reactive uh, fight instincts to fight back. Mm. And I thought this was like where he was his most aggressive in this round. Did he take many chances? No, not not, not at all. But 
Yeah, and and so. I do think ultimately that's probably what doomed him a little bit is just he, he didn't try to make something happen. So, um, but yeah, this again, I thought this was an Adesanya round. Uh, not not to say that it couldn't have gone the other way, but I would say of the three, this was the one I felt most comfortable giving. So I was a bit surprised to see that uh, Camillo had it the other way, but yeah, I'm not going to second guess. Yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with the if you th- if you if you thought Jan won this one. And round four, easily the most definitive fight up to this point. Everyone had Blahovich. All the judges did. You and I did too, right? This was, oh, I mean, yeah, this was this a no-brainer. Because no-brainer round. He got, the, he got the takedown early. Uh, isn't able to do a ton with it as far as damage and, and, and effective striking on the ground. But he does enough. He, he definitely does enough. He passed immediately to half guard and mm-hmm. really, really smothered Adesanya. Adesanya had no chance to get out of that. He, he, he'd have to start shrimping like crazy. He had a good he base. Wasn't, he wasn't. Bohovic has a good base. So he's, I was he's built I mean, like a he's built like a hammer too, or like a, some sort of like barrel or something. When he took him down, I was like, that's when the size difference really shined to me because yeah. it looked like he could wrap his arms around him twice when when he uh, you know grabbed the waist off the uh, off the takedown. I was like, wow, he's so much he's bigger. Just, he's got this. He's a very thick torsoed man. Blahovich mm-hmm. is, uh, and that is not something anyone would ever say about Adesanya. No, he's a very thin guy. Yeah, so it was, it was obvious. Again, round four, everyone had it that way. We don't have to dwell on that one. Round five, though, this is where I think there's going to be a lot of debate, uh, and I think there was some confusion from at least some observers at home, right? Or, or was, was this one of the rounds that Dana got mad about, by the way? Dana's mad for other reasons. Dana gets mad about a lot of so, things. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not too worried about Dana White upset about something being scored at 10-8. But, but anyway, this, again, this round, yes, like you, like you just said, this is where we have a 10-8 round, or at least there's some disagreement of whether this is a 10-8 round. Uh, Sal D'Amato did not see this as a 10-9, but we did get Cleary and Camillo seeing this one as a 10-8. You mean you mean D'Amato saw it as a 10-9? Demo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I misspoke. It was D'Amato saw this as a 10-9. Uh, and clearly D'Amato saw this as a 10-8. Yeah, correct. Thank you. Um, I you know, I watched this again. This was the one I felt like I had to definitely watch a second time. Mm-hmm. Because now at this point, I'm like, all right, I gotta get this thing in because I'm I'm near deadline and stuff. So <laughs> so I'm thinking about it in a different way. But I watched it again today. I watched it intently. I had trouble seeing this one as as a solid 10-8 round. So I went 10-9. I went 10-9 as well. I, I didn't see a 10-8, uh, but I don't mind a 10-8, if that makes any sense. I would, no, sure. Of course it makes sense. Explain. I would have liked to see a higher output and a stronger push to a finish. Like if he got that mount position with, say, a minute left and just kept going, he probably would have finished. But the last, just just 10 seconds of really pushing for it didn't didn't do it for me to get me to that level. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't think I think it happened way too late. It was really only within that last like 10-ish seconds of that that he really got them out, right? Right. And and you know, he's he's pouring them on. He's he, he's posturing up, he's pouring it on. You know, he's in kind of that UFC video game, you know, yeah, <laughs> mode where you're 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 postured up and you're throwing strikes and it's like, "Oh no, I got to stop it." And then I got to grab him and pull him down, mm-hmm. but that never happened. Um so in in this one, I guess I just didn't see a major disparity in the amount of effective striking that Lahovich is able to land. I thought Adesanya was having a pretty solid round two before the takedown, which happened at like exactly the midpoint of the round, by the way. See, I, I, I thought 
Blachowicz was was winning pretty clearly on the feet. Oh, you did? I, I didn't yeah, necessarily not, see it that way. I didn't see it that way on when I was watching it live, but on the second watch, I thought he I thought, yeah, this is a solid mm. round from on the feet and then interesting takes I didn't it to see the ground. That. But yeah, I just, I'm I'm okay with a ten A. I just I I just wanted to see more, I guess. Yeah, it's this is not the worst ten eight, I think, scenario that we've ever seen. And obviously two judges saw it that way. This that's kind of what's surprising to me is that two out of three judges actually pulled the trigger on this being a 10 8 so i was a little surprised at that i'm always up for more 10 8s so if they want to push the envelope fine mm-hmm. um it just i think it just needs to be more defined yeah that that's what they do every month they kind of so we got the, hey we saw it in so, action last week yeah. it was fantastic can't wait for the next one um but you know what because you and i sided with uh saldomato here who was in the minority he was the out judge uh this goes down as a couch side override oh. <laughs> I do want to point out real thing, uh, something that Dana yeah. White said, and it, it got probably into millions of fans' ears. A 10-8 does not need to be a butt whooping. No. Certainly that helps, but it, it the criteria does not call for that. Well, so, then you got Dana. He was talking about, like, back in my day, yeah. <laughs> we didn't give 10-8s until it was someone who was just getting a strawed. <laughs> That's that's a really good Dana White impression. I, I know you guys have never heard him speak, so that's that's what he sounds like. People... People from like the the greater Boston area, they all sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> was sound like Foghorn on, Leghorn yeah. meets yeah. uh what, what was Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yeah, that wow. Okay, that's yeah. That was a solid. That was uh, my impression, Description, right? yeah, pretty much. Right. I'm sure my kids will love it. <laughs> what happens with this division, real real quick? Because we we can't really go too much into these. Uh, I think they settled it. These side discussions. And I think all, all that? I think they settled it. All the important people basically said that's what's happening. It's just not going to happen yeah, with, with for Glover six months. Yeah, with Glover right? Yeah, so it's going to be Jan versus Glover six months from now. Cause... It's what it should have been this time. And, yeah. and you know, fortunately uh, for Blahovich, who, who kind of like, I think it was, was it someone who was saying this on the broadcast or thereafter? It was like he was kind of, Blahovich represent the 205 division. Like he was almost like their guy and he fended off the invading attacker in, in Adesanya coming up from middleweight. I didn't see that. I mean, that might have been later on. It might have been John Anik actually talking okay. on Sports Center. I can't remember. I had it on after, and I was like half paying attention. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I kind of saw it that way too, as in a sense. And and honestly, Adesanya, I I have to say just real quick, he took the loss with all the grace that you would expect a a champion to to have. Um, Adesanya, I think he's one of those polarizing figures because he can be very cocky, but. He handled this loss again, really gracefully. And, and he said he's if not. You want to hate on him for his attitude? I suggest you pay close attention to the way he acted in defeat. Uh, he he's not. I don't think he's an unlikable guy. I think he's a very likable yeah, guy. Yeah, I like him. I got no issue with him. Uh, yeah, I, I, for I always, sure. And he fights awesome. So yeah. So go back down to 185. Stay there because you're not and, a light heavyweight. And just keep and defend destroying. that belt a bunch of times. There's a bunch of guys you could keep fighting. Yeah, 185 is far from cleaned out. So can't wait to see it. But yeah, so let's let's go on though. We we had obviously the most I mean, controversy is a word that gets thrown around a lot because I don't know that there's controversy in this one. We had a there's false controversy. There's an unfortunate end, I think, is what we can call yeah. uh the way Aljamain Sterling came to become the UFC Bantamweight champion over Piotr Jan. Uh disqualification due to uh, an illegally thrown strike from Jan here in the fourth round of a fight that Jan was winning a close fight though. He's only winning on, on two cards at the at, though. So, although I think it would 
probably stand to reason, and we don't know this, but it would stand to reason that Jan was probably about to win that round too. Oh yeah, well for sure. You know, if if, if that strike doesn't happen, they go a few, you know another minute. He's probably up in, in a way that Sterling needs a finish in round five. You know, it it looks close through round three, but we did get four extra minutes, like we said. But there was only one round in this fight that was split among the judges, and that was round one. And I think this, Dan, honestly, this round is one of the most interesting rounds that I can remember uh, watching lately. And it's something that I hope uh, is suggested to Andy Foster of the California Athletic Commission as something that they talk about at the next meeting. I think this would be a great one. I was thinking the exact same thing because I want to hear their thoughts on this. Round one, and and really what it comes down to is it's almost like a, a volume versus lower volume impact yeah, argument yeah, here, right? For sure. So let, let's establish real quick who gave what round scores, right? Cleary's on this one too. D'Amato's on this one too. And Ron McCarthy is on it. Ron McCarthy saw round one for Aljamain Sterling, but the other two, they saw this one for Yan. I saw it the same way as Ron McCarthy did. I, I saw it for Yan, but I'm so torn on it. So yeah, so let's let's talk about this. Obviously, Sterling, he comes out, and he's landing fast and furious and heavy. It, I at some point, both times I watched this because I did get to watch this again too. And I'm watching this, and I look back at the clock at some point after what feels like four minutes. It is two minutes in because it's mm-hmm. just so much action. Yeah, his pace was very high. Fantastic round. Um, but yeah, Aljamain, he's he's landing well, and it's not just like he's putting strikes out there. He's landing very well now. Jan is blocking some of this, but like there's big knees that are getting through. Yeah, two two jumping knees I saw for sure. If you want to go by whatever the stats were, uh, according to UFC stats, take them for what you will. Sterling outlanded on total strikes 34 to 14. That's a pretty big discrepancy. So. There, there's yeah. a huge discrepancy there, but it's not that simple. Why? Well, yeah, knocks him down with a big right. Knocks him down with a leg yeah. kick. I don't know if they count that as. Do they count that as? I don't think knockdown? that's technically counted as a okay. knockdown. But but I mean, it was a good impactful strike for sure. And he slammed him on his head. He ended the round on his back. Yeah, he did. He so, did. Uh, no, well, he actually Sterling ended up reversing the position, and he ended up on oh, top okay. at the end of the round. Okay. Yeah. So it, he was trying to take the back. He never really secured that right, position. Okay. So I wouldn't score that one uh, very well. But. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the spots that Jan had. He had some really high spots. The knockdown was big. I don't know how much Jan had him hurt, though, is the thing. It it, it seemed like Sterling was able to, If I don't know if he recovered yeah, he jumped necessarily up really well, quick. but he played it off and he kind of kept yeah. at it. Like He didn't go into kind of recovery mode for very long. Yeah, but I mean, that's why I scored it for Jan slightly ever so slightly due to the immediate impact of the strikes. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's hard, it's hard to not make a case for Aljo. Oh, it's, I mean, you so, can make a, I think you can make an effective case for either man. It's just a matter of which case you prefer. That's what it feels like to, you know, my untrained eye. Yeah. In mind. So I, I know you're supposed to weigh immediate impact first, right? I understand that that is in the criteria, but, Again, it's not that Sterling is landing these pitter-patter things. Like, these knees are hurting. Yeah, like, there's a lot shots. of strikes that are hurting Fyodor Yan. Definitely. I mean, and it's it's hard to just say just because of, you know, that one knockdown. Which, I, again, I think if the knockdown had led to a sequence where you really saw Sterling in trouble, where he's not being able to be offensive, he's he's kind of just, like, trying to 
get himself right and move around that kind of thing. I would see a much, I, I feel like for me personally, it would be much easier to pull the trigger and give that route to Yan. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it was enough overall. And that, but it's a tough call. Totally fine. Very, yeah. I, I, I want to hear the pros on this one. <laughs> I would love to hear the pros. I really hope this one gets brought to California next month. And I can't wait to, to see if it does. Um, but yeah, so obviously you and I disagreed. Uh, I, I stand Ron McCarthy on this one. Sticking with Ron. Yep. Me and Sal saw a lot eye to eye, eye, to eye on this card. We mm. were we were in sync. Yeah. I mean, he's he, from Wisconsin. Were you, were you eating cheese? Uh, I had wings with blue cheese. I don't think that really so, counts. I, mean, I don't think wings are a Wisconsin thing. Well, I mean, I'm sure they have them there, you know, because they have wings in like every one of the 50 states. But you know what I mean? Ah, too many tangents. We can't do that. No, no, no. We got too much to do, Dan. Don't get me off track. Round four, though, this is where we have to talk about the way the fight ended. And let's get it out of the way really quickly, because I just wanted to spell something very quickly. If you think that Aljamain Sterling was looking for a way out and faking it, come on, man. No shot. No. Absolutely I don't see no that chance. one bit. I don't see that one bit. That dude, he wanted to fight. He didn't want the belt that way. He couldn't stand. I can't believe they actually interviewed him afterward. I think he said he wanted to. They weren't going to. And then he said, right. I want to. So, well, we don't always make the best decisions. That's true. Concussed. Um, but yeah, so, it, you know, obviously the way this t- break it down, Dan, just real quick run through what happens. They're in a, a spot where Aljo's on the ground, knee down, clearly down. And Peter Jan lands this hellacious knee to the head that sends everyone. You're just yelling. Oh, my God. What just happened? Please. No, don't end this fight this way. It's a damn good knee too. If that if that was a legal strike, I mean, what a way to finish it. <laughs> For uh, yeah, really, and and it, it really put a damper on what was what was a good fight. I mean, it was the tide was turning definitely in Yan's favor, but it, it was a good fight, most definitely. Yeah, um, it it does stink because I do think this could have ended up going down as a very nice, fun, memorable fight and and a really good win for Yan. But you know, another thing I want to make sure I point out, and I I said this on Twitter, this is entirely Yan's fault, hundred percent his fault. You know, it's. Yeah, we heard, heard apparently that in, in Russian, uh, I believe Khabib was the one who relayed this over, right? Because obviously he speaks Russian, yeah. he was there, that the corner of Piotr Yan said, yes, throw the knee or throw the kick, throw the leg, whatever they said. Uh, and he does, but like, it's up to Yan to know the rules. Like, he sees the opponent in front of him and the opponent is down. Don't throw it. Right. Yeah. They, they I know sh- it's hard. I, I, you know, I can sit here from the sidelines and say that, and it's different, but no one else is supposed to do that. It's the rule. And this is why. Yeah. As far as uh, any clarity on that, they showed at the very end of the broadcast, like in the post fight, uh, they have a camera on the coaching of Yan. Of Yan and mm-hmm. supposedly one of the coaches says yes to strike, meaning throw the knee. And there was another coach that said just punch. And. Well, I guess he chose knee because, but again, it, it's, and, I mean, he's not, he's not a, an avatar of a video game. They're not pushing buttons. It's still his decision to throw. Yeah, his weapon. I mean, a hundred percent it's on him. I, I'm not, I can't defend him. Sure. And, and, to and, get, and, you know, he, he seems to be taking responsibility for it, which is, you know, the right thing to do. I, I don't think, I don't think he did this because he wanted to lose the fight. I mean, come on. No, that means it, that, that idea is crazy. He made a bad mistake. A costly mistake, which will hurt him in the wallet the next time out. I'm sure. Yeah, being champs it comes comes with a lot of extras. But, uh, but it is what it is. He's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to be the challenger the next time. Obviously, they run this back. There's no question that they're going to I, run this fight back. 
before we get into that, because I wanted to get into that for just very, oh, very yeah. briefly. Um, as far as an officiating standpoint, this probably if yeah if Aljo continued, this was a two point foul. Oh, absolutely, Somehow. yeah, so, no question, because there there's intent. He's clearly trying to throw the the, the strike. Whether he means to throw it in in terms of cheating, it doesn't matter. We had, I believe it was, uh, this was a Kevin McDonald explanation, right? That he gave us the last summer yeah, was the fact so. that it's not, it's not the, it's not like intent is because I want to cheat. It's intent in, in the fact that you threw this strike intentionally. Right. So, yeah. So, it, and, it pro- and there's obvious damage cause damage. So, mm-hmm. which, which would affect the fight thereafter. So yeah, two point foul easy. Easy is the right call, and I'm I'm sure that's what Mark Smith would have done if given the chance. For sure, but there there was just no way. I mean, I can't believe they they didn't call it sooner with the way Aljo was. Like they were giving him like so many chances to just say, "Yeah, I'll fight," but I think the doctor was like, "Please, this isn't going to happen." They ultimately made the right decision. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I I will accept that they went through yeah. the process. Fine, they ended up at the right place, so I'm not going to sit here and criticize. And I, uh, no- I have nothing to say. I have nothing to add about that. So good on them. Um, yeah, yeah. But as far as you saying run it back with Jan, I mean, to be honest, this I'm not saying this should happen, but I am not against Jan not getting an immediate shot. No, no. I'm on. not against it. Oh, I do I think it would be total. I think it's totally fair if they decided to do that since this was such a blatant foul. But they're not going to do that. I If I'm Aljamain Sterling, and, and obviously I'm not, I you know, come from a different life experience than him, but I would have to think Aljamain Sterling is going to want to prove that he deserves the belt from Jan. Oh, of course he wants to pr- prove that. But then now you also think about the rest of the guys in the division that deserve this title shot. Now they get get well, pushed back because of something stupid you did in the cage. You know, this is becoming the new lightweight division, so it might as well just clog up all the con- awesome contenders anyway and just make <laughs> it like the lightweight division <laughs> where you know, we're still trying to but, recover. But I, you know what? I... Another, but I am all for the rematch because you know what? It makes TJ Dillashaw's potential shot at a title that much further away. You know and, what? Put Dillashaw and, and uh, Corey Sanhagen in there. Corey Sanhagen is not happy with uh, with the way Dillashaw was pushing for a title fight. Let him go in there and say, "Okay, you know what? You want that title fight? You got to go through me." I would like to see that. I want to see it too, but and that would be. I mean, can you think about how many strikes are going to get thrown in that fight? On like, obviously. Assuming it actually doesn't end very quickly, the way San Hagen's been doing, I think it lights out. What a firework! That that's a, a that's like a main fight. event fight. Welcome back, Easily. fight. Yeah, for Dillashaw. I like it. Boy, look if if Dillashaw can march in here after two years and beat Corey Sanhagen, I'd be very impressed. I would say yes, he would deserve a title fight. And but no. I don't think he can. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what actually does happen. But uh, as you were saying, those those pleasantries. Did not last very long between Yan and Sterling. They're right back at no, each other. Not. So no, well, and they should be. You know what? They, they're, they're, it's funny. They were all, everyone was selling. Oh, could this be a rivalry, a budding rivalry? And it's like, well, now it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> These, the, you can't tell the story of either man's career now without this fight. So, and they'll they'll meet again. And who knows? Maybe they'll meet a third time. You never know. Uh, but let's move on, though. We. Have- one more title fight, of course. I don't think we need to say too much about this because it lasted two minutes. Maybe we can contain our conversation to two minutes about it. Amanda Nunes getting the submission round one arm bar over Megan Anderson, hurting her on the feet. Anderson, obviously in survival mode, essentially pulls guard, right? It's kind of what happened. Pretty much, yeah. She she just, gosh, I don't want to say because she's a fighter, but seemed like she just accepted her fate, really. 
I don't think that's what happened. I think she was pretty badly hurt. And, well, yeah, and well, probably just kind of after she got hurt. I'm saying she's like, oh boy, this was, that was a big powerful punch. Let's see what I can do here. And then she gets dropped uh, down. Yeah, I don't. And, I'm not sure so, about that. I I think probably you just go into survival mode and and you kind of just end up doing things. So yeah, I can't <laughs> can't speak to the thought well, process of a rock. You know what I, no, you know what I, I did did appreciate Anderson doing. What? She she waited for the submission was fully on before tapping. Like she wasn't defending it and just waited and like she probably could have tapped sooner. She waited until Amanda was like almost gonna break her arm. I think she probably didn't have the wherewithal to do a whole lot of defense. That's that's my take, is that she was probably just pretty badly rocked and, and not in her right state of mind to be able to defend that. And then yeah, obviously I think she showed her toughness in the fact that I can't do enough to defend this, but I mean darn it, you're gonna have to get pretty darn close before I say no more. And you know what? But while they were standing, I was like, man. Anderson should just start throwing calf kicks because no one threw any calf kicks on this card. We've been seated all year, all last year, and in this, no one throw any of them. I thought I remembered Nunes then, throwing a calf kick and, on on uh, Anderson. But, but Anderson no? throws the first one and it gets caught. I'm like, oh, I guess maybe that's why she shouldn't be throwing like kicks to her, just prevent getting taken down. I don't know. But, we don't have to do too much more on this one. I think we've already exceeded the two minutes we aimed for and failed. Uh, but real quick, what do they do with flyweight? Or excuse me, what do they do with women's featherweight? I mean, it's not for lack of wanting a division; it's lack of having actual fighters. I think Tapology has eighty-four ranked one hundred and forty-five pound women, and how many? And a of lot them... of them are most of them are obviously elsewhere. Only Bellator has a much better one hundred forty-five pound division. So yeah, I, I think I think Invicta only has eight or nine featherweight fighters, and they're an all-female promotion. Yeah, but they're. I so... mean, they are. Obviously, they're a notable promotion, but they're still kind of a, a regional promotion, too. I mean, how many do Bellator actually have? Can they? I couldn't tell you offhand, but they have but... they have some. I mean, you, they put on they've been putting on fights at Featherweight for a couple of years now. They have like Sinead Kavanaugh and, and, and uh, they got Cyborg, Arlene right? Blanco and Cyborg and Julia Budd. You know, I, I gave you four off the top of my head. I'm, I'm actually kind of impressed with myself. Yeah, great job. Um, Thank you. But I, I just don't think. Unless they cross promote this division on its own, they'll never do that. And no, they're not going happen. to do that. And just whenever I Amanda probably... feels like not cutting weight, give her some forty five or that's available. What I imagine they'll do is because actually Nunes hasn't even defended the bantamweight title since twenty nineteen. So you know she'll probably just go back and focus on that. And it wouldn't be so crazy for her not to defend the featherweight title for a while. Just just let her hang on to it. Why why take it away? Why kill it? It's a promotional tool. Well, yeah, they said Why not use it as a way to promote the greatest women's fighter in history, arguably? Uh, I mean, she's making it less and less arguable. <laughs> uh, certainly so, but, but I mean, I, I think you still have to give respect to Cyborg. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they close this division. I think they'll probably just wait it out and see what happens. And then, you know, whenever Amanda decides to hang it up or she doesn't want to do it anymore, then probably that's a wrap. Yeah, it's all on her, whatever she wants to do. It is. It is. All right. Let, let's let's move on, though. We've still got a little bit more. Well, we've actually got a lot of rounds, but I think we're going to kind of roll through a bunch of them pretty quickly. But first, we do have one split decision that I think we want to talk about a little bit more at length, right? Yeah. Cruz and Kenny. Yep. Dominic Cruz, Casey Kenny. I'm not surprised this went down as a split decision, and I'm not surprised that it had three different round scores. It's not like I would have said it would have had three different round scores, but or uh, three different final scores. Uh, but it did nonetheless. So round one and two, these are the rounds that were, uh, they had dissents in them, right? Yep. So let's start with round one. 
And I'm not, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Who's surprised that a Dominic Cruz fight went down as a split decision. Yeah. Not me. He fights a lot of close fights. Uh, so yeah, round one, this one, uh, Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato, the, the, the Howard duo, they were like united on most of these rounds. It seems like that we're talking about. Uh, they had it for Cruz 10, nine Mike bell in this one as uh, as the one who saw it for Kenny. Did you see it for Kenny or Cruz? I went for Cruz. I thought he landed the more impactful strikes. Good head kick, good punches to the head and body, a couple nice leg kicks. I, I thought Kenny did a lot of missing and a lot of chasing. And when he did land, it wasn't all that strong. Probably his best strikes came off the takedown that Cruz shot very early, the knees. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a couple good leg kicks, but I think Cruz won this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always hard to catch Cruz with something clean, you know, that he builds his style in such a way that you really have a hard time of doing that. I mean, certainly there's ways you could just catch him, but timing him is very hard because of his kind of herky jerky movements. Right. So it's really hard. He's like, yeah, I'm here. Now I'm there. Now I'm here. Now I'm there. And, and, and so they're 135 pounds. So they're moving pretty fast. Yeah. Of course, the other guy moves fast too, but yeah, Kenny, he just couldn't catch him. I think with anything clean enough on my card. So I also saw this one for Cruz, but yeah, I mean, a really close round, hard, hard to, hard to disagree too strongly with Mike Bell there. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't go crazy. No. Around two, this one, we had Sal D'Amato as the out judge. He saw this one for Cruz, whereas Cleary and Bell saw it for Kenny this time. What did you see, sir? I'm with Sal, 10-9 Cruz. Really close round. I think Cruz was just slightly more effective. And the difference for me was every time Cruz landed, Kenny really didn't answer all that often. Kind of just reset. And when Kenny landed, Cruz usually was firing back. So that tells me Cruz was more effective. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's a solid rationale as far as I can tell. Um, I more or less agreed with you. That I just, I really just thought that Cruz was the more effective striker. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, you know, effective striking and grappling first, right? Yeah, um, for sure. I don't, again, this is another round. I mean, just how, how can you get too bent out of shape over it? No, this was, this was probably the closest round of the fight. But you know what, Dan? This, this round, because you and I ended up seeing it for, uh, for Cruz with Sal D'Amato, what do we call this? Couchside override. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's fire through. Needs to pay for sound effects. Yeah. When you got me, right? Good round for Cruz. First win since 2016. Don't know it where was. he goes from here, but well, he'll probably fight again in 2023. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Give him Dillashaw. He's still, he's not even that old. <laughs> he's like he's my age. And he 35. And he's been out so so long with injuries that he doesn't have that much mileage on him. He does, and but also he has a ton of injuries on yeah, him. So so he's guess, also got that mileage. Yeah, I guess like, it's back when they said that yeah. on the broadcast. I was like. Yeah, I mean that's one way to look at it, but the same the other way to look at it is he's had his knee operated on several times and the rest of his body's been broken down and operated. It's not ideal, you know. <laughs> it's not like the guy walked away and, and was traveling and, and enjoying his life. He was he was going under the knife several times and recovering. And anyway, yeah, I mean he I would have to think he could still keep fighting, but I mean he's not championship material anymore, I don't think. That's that remains to be seen still, I think. I, I won't write him off completely. I think he's still a top fighter. I don't think okay. he's a championship fighter. That's that's what I would say. Okay. I, I, I'm not trying to say he's washed or something like that. That's people like to jump on that, but that's not it. Uh, but let's let's move forward and let's see how quickly we can get through these lightning rounds here. We've got three lightning rounds before we've got a 10-8 uh, watch to go through. So let's start with Alexander Rakic. He got the unanimous nod over Tiago Santos. But round three, this was a very close round, I thought. A very low impact round, right? 
Did you see it for uh, for Rakic or Santos? I saw it for Santos. I thought he, he this is the round he actually decided to fight in. and He definitely did, yeah. He landed good. Body kicks, leg kick. I mean, that's him. He wins this round. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. I, you know, we, you and I both agreed with Eric Cologne and Dave Hagen. Uh, it was Ron McCarthy who saw this one for Rakic. Uh, you know, disagree, but let's face it, it didn't matter. This was a stinker. Everyone, fight. everyone knew who was winning this fight. Yeah, what a stinker. Yeah. Next fight, we've got Trevin Jones. He got a second round TKO over Mario Bautista, but in round one, we did have some judges disagree in a fight that obviously uh, didn't need these judges, and that was. Two judges, Camillo and Cologne, seeing it for Jones. Hagen saw it for Bautista. How'd you see it? I went with Jones. I thought he had good knees, good leg kicks, was a more effective fighter. Have no issue with Bautista again, and he landed some good punches. So Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I thought this was kind of a difficult round to score, honestly. I didn't think it was anything crazy happening. Yeah, it really wasn't all that much, but I thought the, the knees and the clinch were very solid from Jones. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll give it to you, too. I'm not going to argue over it. And again... Everyone took uh, took the decision out of their hands, and you know I can understand why uh, Hagen would have gone this way for sure. Now another one. This isn't actually uh, a round that judges had to turn in scores for. Uh, round one TKO from Eurosh Medic over Elon Cruz. But let's really quickly talk about the stoppage in this fight because it, this is a fight that for basically it only lasted about half a round, and for the final minute or so, Medic is just teeing off on Cruz, who's pretty much just covering up in different areas of the mat. Yeah, he was, he, I think it was a little late. I would have been okay with it getting stopped earlier. I think it yeah. was, I think it probably should have been. Uh, but Cruz is, Cruz is moving around still, trying to stand up. So He's moving, but is yeah. he intelligently defending? I, I mean, is, is moving away from the damage intelligent defense? I don't know. I, that's, that's for someone else to decide, someone who's been trained. Yeah. Uh, and I've not, but... To my untrained eye, to me sitting at home, I'm not seeing anything that says that Elon Cruz wants to continue fighting. He pretty much is just looking for a way out. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm okay with letting him survive that first wave, but once he gets back yeah. to the feet and gets dropped again, I think at that point, just end it. Yeah, any anytime in the, the probably the seconds thereafter, I would have been okay with it too. Is it really? It does go on for almost a full minute, and it's it's just unanswered strikes. With him covering up, he's not trying to go for takedowns. He's not trying to, you know, throw another punch back. It's really just covering up. So I, I don't love the the finish there. I don't love the stoppage there. Excuse me, but it's also I I, I feel like we've seen worse. Oh, we've definitely seen worse. The, the, is that the bar? I don't know. Maybe not. But <laughs> you know, I, this would be this would be something to ask uh, another ref about procedure here. You know, yeah, and, definitely, or, or the way things work here. So I'm not going to go crazy on it. But yeah, I, I, just as as an observer. Without criticizing the decision, I'm just because I, I didn't really love how much punishment he took. Yeah. That... After the point that I think you probably could have ended. And that's it. For sure. So we've got a bunch of 10 8s, though. And I think, you know, this just ties into the whole, you know, Dana White's, you know, back in my day. <laughs> uh, so so let's run through these really quickly, too. Islam Makachev, he won by round three submission, arm triangle, uh, over Drew Dober in a fight that he was just totally cruising through. I actually had 10 8s in both of these rounds uh no one saw it my way so obviously i was you know off the reservation so to speak yeah i i, I just saw it, uh 10 9 for round two for round two uh mm -hmm. i think there's a strong case to be made for a 10 8 i i just wanted to see a higher degree of damage and more of an attempt to work towards finishing I th he seemed content just you know hanging out in guard 
I didn't really see enough from Dober. That's another thing too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I think is the issue that I have is just like, what is Drew Dober doing to not get the eight? Yeah. How's he, does he deserve 10, nine? Right. So. Yeah, and you know, if you look at the numbers too, the numbers bear out. We have <clears throat> 52 strikes landed by Makachev, depending on what degree you want to rate them at, fine. Uh, UFC only considered nine of them to be significant, but Drew Dober lands five strikes in this round and spends most of it on his back. Is that yeah. enough to avoid a 10-8? Right. Especially when later on in the night we see what uh, can be a 10-8 in, uh, in the last round of Blahovich, right? For sure. You know, that was that was a much more, I think, balanced round, so to speak. So, you know, for me, I have no problem with this being a 10-8. I, th- I think if you have that degree of dominance on the ground, duration, um, maybe less damage, so to you know, in, in there. But, yeah, I think this is a 10-8. I feel very comfortable with this one. So I agreed with Chris Lee here. You disagreed, obviously, so you saw it the same way as Cleary and Tony Weeks, right? Yeah, it's not that I disagree. It's just I just didn't go there. I mean, I, I understand why you go there. Technically, just, you disagreed so, in that respect. Oh, but no, well, in in my <laughs> technical score, yes, I scored ten nine, but I, I, I got no issue with a ten eight. I mean, I understand. I understand. All right, yeah. Moving on though, let's because we've got so many. Of course, uh, Askar Askarov, uh, uh, just a dominant force at flyweight in uh, in this fight against Joseph Benavidez, who, you know, I've spoken very highly of uh, in the past on this show. I'm I'm a huge fan of his game and i think it's a shame that he will end up going into uh his post athletic career without a major championship but yeah, his, his days are did he have the wec there, belt he never did wow okay you know he he actually uh, lost in his one challenge to the wec belt by split decision to dominic cruz okay it was not uh, from what i remember i'd have to watch it again but i don't remember it being a particularly close split decision okay uh, we, maybe maybe we'll look back at that one one day. I don't know. Uh, but round two, though, this is where we have the debate over a 10-8. Uh, and in this one, Derek Cleary and Tony Weeks, uh, again, are, are united here. They see this as a 10-9, which is what I saw. Uh, Sal D'Amato had a 10-8 in this round for Askarov. I'm with Sal on this one. Okay. Thought, yeah, yeah, you two are simpatico. So I thought I thought this was domination, large margin victory, good damage, and he continued working towards finishing the fight. Big strikes, kept Benavidez defending everything, good sub attempts. So I didn't get to watch this one again. Um, I wonder if I would have changed my mind watching it a second time. But at the time, I remembered thinking this is a 10-9, but hearing the hearing what we ended up with, I was like, you know, I guess I could see it. I just I don't I don't think I would have gone there. So I disagree. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not not strongly, but I do disagree. Uh, n- nonetheless, Askarov, dude, you want to see Askarov fight Davis and Figueredo now, right? Not after. Yeah, let him do it. Rematches yeah, uh, Brandon right, Moreno. Let's do it right now. Yeah, right now. Like 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 whenever you're listening to this podcast is when the fight should be happening. And another silly foul is the reason that's not happening. Oh god. Yeah. That's no fault. Check the weapons or you know, use your weapons correctly, I should say. <laughs> um, but moving on, another flyweight fight. On this one, we had two potential 10 eights uh, or not potential, but uh, debatable 10 eights here. Tim Elliott getting the dominant win over Jordan Espinoza. It was 30 27 times two and a 30 25. 30 25. That was a wild one to hear that. That was two 10 eights given out by Chris Lee. In rounds two and three, Mike Bell and Saldamato, they only saw 10 nines for Elliot here. Did you see any 10 eights? Yeah, I switched to 10 eight on rewatch. Okay. On, in round two. Uh, 
most of the most of the fight is, is spent on the ground, or most of this round anyway. And he's clearly winning the round. And he, I felt he was working towards finishing. He had damage, dominance, duration all checked to a decent degree. Really rude techniques in this one. This like really rude. I don't know how else to explain what Tim Elliott was doing in there, but just being very rude. 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 Like smashing your face into your opponent's face and just rubbing blood into his eyes that's coming from your head. It was. Well, I mean, you heard what Tim Elliott, and, you know, we, we need to stress that these are accusations coming from Tim Elliott, but he was essentially saying, and I haven't gotten the chance to look into what he's even talking about, but apparently he was saying, Are you a woman beater? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really get to hear what he the trash he was talking in there or what he was saying i just know that those cross faces were nasty and uh and the only reason i bring it up though is just because it almost seems to explain why yeah. he's doing this I, and no, why he's yeah, really I'm, trying to I'm rub it in it. you know and, and why he seems so motivated to do it i you know i i'm not here to assign guilt or innocence because i haven't read into it and made even my own opinion but man that's uh that that certainly explains the the rude behavior as you as you called it. Yeah, it's just yeah, I I like it. I mean, it's effective. I Yeah. You're in a but fight. You, so, so you ended up so you did go I the went 10-8 10-8 in this round yeah, for round 2. On, on rewatch, yeah. And and I gave it a 10-8 watching live, so you know what that means when we agree with the uh, the out judge. Couchside override. 3 tonight. Very good. 3 couchside overrides. All right. But what about round three though? This one again, we we saw another ten eight uh, with with like I said, Chris Lee was the 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 one who gave the ten eight here for to Elliot. Did you see in this round? No, I, I stuck with ten nine. It was another dominant, another dominant round. He just really he wasn't working to finish the fight in this one. Seemed I he, agree. He, I, I don't think it was quite the same level. So I I feel good about it. This being a thirty twenty six card for me, yeah. not a thirty twenty five or thirty twenty seven. So uh, no no judge ended up doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we were somewhere in the middle of all the judges. Uh, but I, I, you know, this is fine. Either way, a dominant win for Tim Elliott. Probably his most dominant win in, and, yeah, well, that he, I can remember. Apparently actually. he had extra motivation, it seems. It, it so. would seem so. Whether whether warranted or not, it doesn't matter. That's that's what he believed, and that's what he did. So good on him. Good win. Uh, and one final 10-8 watch round, sir. Is your guy, Sean Brady, getting the round three sub arm triangle again over Jake Matthews. But round two... This was where there's a potential 10-8. It was Mike Bell who gave the 10-8 here, and Cleary and McCarthy, they only saw it as a 10-9 for Brady. What did you see? I went with 10-9. Me too. Uh, he was constantly attacking, constantly improving position in, in, in offense. I just wish the offense was a little more sustained, and then I probably do go 10-8. But there's too many too many lulls there, I thought. Yeah, it's a fair assessment. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's not crazy to go 10-8 here, but, but yeah, it's... That that's not where I would have gone. So yeah, I mean, I don't. Ultimately, mind I would have ended up giving on the whole night. I would have given a ten eight. Let's see, one, two, I think just two times. Just two. Maybe I'm doing the math wrong, but I think I'd only given out two. Okay, that's fair. Doesn't mean it wasn't worth debating some of these though. Well, I mean, we had some finishes. And... We had a lot of finishes. Yeah, we had we had eight finishes, five TKO, three submissions. The DQ is not. It doesn't go down as a finish. A, I so put it down we'll, we'll on the outline as a finish, and Scott deleted it. Well, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. You did that. You called yourself out. The I was just trying to say for people prematurely. That's why. Prematurely. What, that's why. <laughs> that's all right. Well, five TKO, three subs. So, what, what was your favorite though? I, I know you're going to pick a sub. Yeah. For, oh man, Islam Makachev finishing Drew Dober from top half guard with shoulder pressure. 
basically. I mean, nasty, it, it goes down as an. Pressure. He was on the opposite side, Dan. It, it goes down as an arm triangle, but I mean, you got to have some ridiculous squeeze and ridiculous shoulder pressure for that to to be close, like to get a tap, especially at this level. That's well, Jamie Cruz well mention, pressure. Yes, I was going to say you might as well mention our our professor, Jamie Cruz. Yeah, that that that's Jamie Cruz pressure, man. I I don't know how else to describe it, but as we were talking, Shiva. <laughs> as we were talking about ten eight. <laughs> Before you would have had another ten eight, at least I would have. I thought until what, your favorite sub, uh, your favorite uh, finish. My favorite finish, yeah, it's <laughs> exactly the Kai Car France knockout, which I, I like. You said I have to think that the judges would have been thinking pretty heavily about going ten eight here because of the grappling dominance and and the striking success, uh, but more the grappling from Hojera Bontarine, and then he gets finished with five seconds to go in a round, just totally starched. Finished him. Yep. That's a, that's like a wild turn of events to see that. Where I, if I'm if I'm a judge sitting cage side, I'm like ready to put down the ten eight and move on. And all of a sudden that happens. It's like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> not ten eight for that guy. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. No, it just just this guy wins now. <laughs> Great performances by the lightweight winners, or excuse me, the flyweight winners. They brought on, it on this evening, right? We had three yeah. flyweight fights, and I think every winner looked terrific in doing so. Yeah. Well, Carol. Kai Kara France didn't look terrific for most of that round, but he got the win in terrific fashion. Hey, so, that matters. Yeah. It really does, because you still have 15 minutes to get it done. He got it done. He did. And, but he, he, and he, justify he, the means in that one. Real, Really quick on that. Really quick. I don't like the, the hate really Herb Deans. I don't like the her, hate Herb Deans again. I mean, I think Kai Kara France created that situation of confusion. And uh, Oh, yes. So, yeah, really quickly, you should talk about the way that fight ended. The way... Herb Dean comes in and stops it. He does, in fact, stop the fight. I mean, he gets between the fighter, he grabs him, and it's like, okay, it's over. The one thing he didn't that we didn't see him see him do was wave the arms overhead, which, as it was explained over the summer with another Herb Dean stoppage, that's not necessary, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it was clear to me the fight was over. Yeah. So I just because he didn't wave his hands, or he's going to get that much hate on it, I, I don't think so. Especially, and if Cara France just continues fighting or just stands near his opponent instead of running away, doesn't create the confusion. Herb Dean runs in there and stops and pulls him apart. This fight's over. So yeah, I don't, I don't have any problems with the way Herb Dean did that. It was a little confusing as as a viewer at home, but I don't think it was because of Herb Dean whatsoever. Hey, so, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'm I'm willing to to be critical of what I think happened uh, in a in a refereeing situation it to a certain point because you have to understand it's a judgment call and he's got more information than i do but here i don't think it's a debate i think herb dean nailed it yeah i'm fine with it but you know that was it from saturday's fight dan we do have a little bit of time left over it's episode 100 i think this is a really good episode i hope you guys have enjoyed it but let's i just want to hear from you reflecting back on a little more than a year now of making these episodes this is 100 what's what, what are you thinking what are you thinking now that we're at 100 I kind of shocked we made it this far. I'm yeah, more... why? You think I, I would have driven you crazy? No, I just I just didn't think it would be as interest. I didn't think maybe it would have stayed as interesting to us, but it has. Okay. And I think the fact that legit pros actually talk to us and try to You've help had some us. Excellent guests come on this and, show, and you know Rob Hines pretty much opened that door for us. I think absolutely. I so... I was I was going to make sure that we credit Rob Hines heavily. Uh, Kevin McDonald, who we mentioned earlier too, you know, these were two very helpful, uh, individuals in our growth and understanding of the way officials do their job early on. 
Yeah, I, I kind of thought when we first started this, we ca- I came in full of confidence that I, I knew this inside and out better than anybody else. As you often do. Just not the case. I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean that you usually think you're the best, but you're you're, you're a confident fellow. And I mean, I just it's been lear- learning has been the the biggest thing, really. I mean, we we've been we've been privy to a lot of you know information that we have that helps. So if I think if more people had the opportunity to have the conversations you and I have with officials, I think there would be a lot less confusion and a lot less um people going crazy about the way things are judged. I mean, I, 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 I went into a Facebook article that MMAfighting.com posted, and people are saying, yeah, I had that main event 49 to 48, and, and I, I couldn't help myself. I just had to, how'd you get there? And no one responded to me because I was expecting, you know, multiple 1010s coming from them. Mm-hmm. And we've learned that, and we were, I was big on, you know, you got to give 1010s out. I mean, if you don't, yeah. if you don't put a stamp on this round... You know, what makes you say, why that do you was big it? in the beginning for so, us? Yeah, especially you. And I mean, my mind's completely changed on that. It's been so much fun, I think. And the thing that, but the, the one thing I kind of wish that I could try to, I could, I wish I could start watching fights just to watch a fight uh-huh. with, with no scoring in the back well, of my head. You still can. I can, but I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to, I'm like, now I'm like focused. Like, all right, let's see how this round's going to go. Well, it's because we have this show. Yeah, of course. that's why maybe you should start watching some other uh, promotions now. Yeah, I'm still gonna still. Gonna I mean, you do, do watch the same some, thing. of course. I know you yeah. like watching CFFC, Cage Fury. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune into PFL, Bellator this year. So, all right, Cage Warriors, Cage Warriors. Whenever they did KSW is a lot of fun too. KSW is good. All right. Mm-hmm. But what what would what would you say is your uh, your takeaway of 100 episodes, a full more than a year now? Why well, before before I can really get into it, I have to just kind of set up why we did this show right it was because i was out of work i was working at a newspaper called am new york in the city for about a little more than seven years i'd been there all of a sudden we're sold everyone's laid off and i've got to find another way to make money and uh support my family so so we started the capside judges which brings so on we the started bacon. this not to make money I mean, you i mean you had hard you you still have dreams that we're going to take over the podcasting world at some point we will uh, of course of course uh, <laughs> but mostly i got into this because i wanted to build some skills i just wanted to try and branch out and you and i of course have always been interested in the topic of judging we've been talking about this for a long time back when we didn't know what the heck we were talking about um and when we started, we still didn't know what we were talking about. But I I got into this with the mentality that I, I wanted to take it seriously. Uh, I wanted to make sure we did it the right way. And I think we eventually did get to doing it the right way. And this show, even just doing this show while I was still waiting for employment to come through, uh, I, I was waiting on starting at the new york post where i ended up landing in september for almost six months i knew i was going to be was told i was going to be working there but it was a very slow process and i don't want to get into too much of the details but obviously uh covid had a little bit to do with that as you can imagine so there was a lot of limbo in there there was a lot of wondering what to do with myself but i always had this show and it always gave me something two times a week that i could really invest in and work on and while it didn't bring in any money and I had some other ways of making money on the side. Uh, this was the thing that really kept me my feet on the ground and in MMA and actually made me probably get more invested in 
establishing myself as someone who covers MMA in the, you know, someone that people would be interested in reading about or listening to in the MMA space. And I have to credit you, sir, my partner, Dan Urban, for keeping me going, for doing all the edits on this show. You, you're the one who does all the sound. I don't do any of that stuff. This is, it's all your equipment in our uh, in our little recording studio that I haven't been to for almost a year. <laughs> yeah, it's all virtual now. <laughs> it's all virtual. We're just I'm sitting in my basement. You're in your attic or you're, you're upstairs. Um, but I thank you very much for everything you do. Uh, you put up most of the money in terms of this. You do a lot of the work, and and I'm grateful to you. Thank you, my friend. And, you are the, and uh... I also am very grateful to all of the officials who Dan and I speak to uh, that we would prefer not to name, but understand whoever you are, and you know who you are if you're listening, that we really appreciate you. I really appreciate you and, and the insight and knowledge that I have gained from you in the last year, and I continue to do so. Um, I, I am really just glad that we've become a show that people can lean on uh, for a reasonable voice. You know, we're not, I don't think we're trying to, you know, suck up or be friends. I think what we're just trying to do is help other people come to the realization that we did, which judging there's a lot more to it than most people realize way more. And uh, hopefully that term robbery leaves MMA. Yeah, I think, well, I, I hope that's it leaves, a sub I hope it leaves MMA for good, but I also hope that if you're going to use it, it has more to do with, you know, promoters who are stealing, <laughs> not stealing, but they're hoarding all the money from the fighters. Yeah, pretty, yeah. There's that. a little bit of robbery there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sub goal of the show. And that happened, I mean, that's not one promotion. That's pretty much every promotion out there. You know, some are more, uh, it seems as if they're more willing to share than others, but yeah, too much of a tangent, I'm sure. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Yeah. Pay the judges more. Pay the refs more. They don't get a whole, whole lot when you compare it to boxing. Yeah, but they, they need more, too. They truly do it for the love of it, though. So oh that, that comes through. So There's no way that judges do this for any other reason that they are passionate about it. Because, I mean, seriously, it's the most. it's got to be the most thankless job in MMA. You're only mentioned when it's something in, in negative light. So. Mm-hmm. Which is why most people don't hear uh, the names of certain judges, right? Because they're not on as many decisions but in the most part they're also not putting up scores that make you go huh <laughs> it's true <laughs> or not you and i but the people at home of course who don't know yeah so I mean, but but again thank you to everyone uh i appreciate you uh and and i'm still enjoying this process i hope we continue on yeah, you got another 100 episodes in me maybe another thousand 99 i'm not willing to commit to that that okay. extra hundred <laughs> yeah. we'll stop at 199 through hell or high water we got to surpass ufc in pay-per-view numbers that's been great. 100 episodes in the can. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope you continue to listen to us. Um, thank you. Thank you all. Yeah, thanks, everyone. That's all we had to say. Thank you all once again. We'll catch you Friday. Have a good week. See you later. See you later.